Welcome to Her Legal Global. I'm your host, Faye Gelb. Our podcast is dedicated to providing you with actionable skills to empower your legal career. And today we're welcoming Charlene Lynch. Charlene runs a business coaching program. She's an inspirational international speaker, veteran workshop facilitator, and living embodiment of her Mind Shift program, navigating the gap from where you are to where you want to be. She is a keynote speaker on all things mindset. So I just want to welcome you, Charlene, to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. It's really a privilege and a pleasure. I just want to start with getting into a little bit about how you came to have a mind shift. Oh, thanks for asking. So I had an experience in uh, September 2011. So I have my own 9-11 and come home from a birthday party. And I was home relatively sober, which was quite an unusual feat for myself. And wanted to let my son know that I was home early and went to knock on his door and he didn't answer the door, which was unusual. And when I tried the door, it was locked. I thought, you know, he's a 17-year-old. Don't ask too many questions, mum. So I asked my partner to go around the outside of the house and just look through his bedroom window so we could just see he's probably gaming and wearing those headsets uh, as kids do when they're gaming and probably can't hear mum. And that's what we discovered that my 17-year-old baby boy had, had, had committed suicide. Just in that moment, I raced to the door and I kicked the door down. I tried for 15 long minutes to try and resuscitate him, all while praying that I would be able to bring him back. 15 minutes in, the ambulance officers arrived with their hands just fully laden with equipment and they ushered me out of the room and they asked me to, uh, to stay outside of the room and, and I just was still praying and I, I don't even think I was breathing. I was... I was making holes in my hands and just sort of, you know, praying that he would come back. When the ambulance officer came out of his room, he looked at me and I know that he said something and I just the look on his face was enough. I, I could tell that they were unsuccessful and I crashed to the ground, still praying, still praying that I would get a different response. And that's, that's when I got one word. I got a one word response to my prayers and that was forgive. I, um, it took me quite some time to even get myself off the ground. But when I was able to stand up, the ambulance officer asked if I'd like to go in and say my goodbyes to Scott. So I went into his room and I laid down and rested my head on his shoulder. And I said, oh, mummy loves you, Scott. And I forgive you for your choice. What I didn't understand is that had begun my shift, that act of forgiveness for Scott's choice had, had put me in a different place and had begun my shift into a different life. Later on that night, um, as we were sitting in the lounge room and the CIB, so the police department, were conducting their investigations, I was sitting in my chair with my feet sort of tucked in underneath me and I was sort of rocking backwards and forwards and I was staring at my giant cup of coffee, which was now going cold. And I said out loud, I thought I said it to myself, but I clearly said it out loud, that I'm going to thrive through this not just survive because that's what Scott would want and that again that was the decision even in that extreme state of grief I had with that forgiveness of being able to be in a different position was able to make a decision that from this point on my life was going to be different and then the next day I didn't get any sleep that night the next day I started carrying around a spiral bound notebook and started just writing out everything that I was grateful for and then that was the third step in the progression was to just really embed gratitude you know some days were so hard that you know the only thing that I had written on there was that the sun was shining but at least I was still showing gratitude and so those three things you know being in a place of forgiveness 
having a decision, binding decision where there's no going back and then living a life of gratitude allowed me to begin my shift in my process. And now some nine years down the track, I have created a new life for myself. I've recovered from a crippling mental illness of hoarding and got rid of 35 cubic metres of stuff. That's just, that's a lot of stuff. So that's put me in a different space. And also have recovered from crippling OCD disorder to the point of self-harm. So that's put me in a different space. I envisioned a life for myself where I would be a professional public speaker and uh, that's what I'm doing. I became a vegetarian and lost 25 kilos. And probably the thing that I'm really, really the most proud of my decision process was, is that I have now been, after 30 years of being a chronic alcoholic, I have now been sober for five years. So it, yeah, it's taken the shift process to get me from where I was to where I am now. And this is what I do for people in small businesses and medium-sized businesses, and also people on an individual level as well. So you obviously have a tremendous foundation of resilience and determination to implement this. And it sounds like an incredible process to get to where you are. And I'd like to hear more about what is it? What is the actual process now that you take somebody through? Oh, yeah, thank you. So the pillars, obviously, are you know, being in that state of forgiveness and making a decision for a different life and then obviously moving forward with a life of gratitude. The shift process is an acronym. So, so S stands for seeing the big picture. And this is, and right now during everything that were happening with the COVID situation is seeing the big picture, it looks different than it did in March. It looks different than it did last year. So what is the big picture and what can you do in this space to still have that life that you envision for yourself? It just might be that you need to do it a little differently. You know? so, and the, the picture has to be really, really big. So that night as I was sitting there, I, I made a decision, but it wasn't until the next couple of days and I was starting to write out the lists of gratitude. Then the next list I wrote down was a list of everything I'd like my life to look like. Now, coming from that space, being a person who was a hoarder, OCD, a deep, deep depression as well, and also other chronic illnesses, including physical challenges as well. So um, compromised immune system and lots of other challenges. But coming from that space and sort of seeing a picture of I want to be a professional public speaker on stage, sharing the stories of mental health and how we can live a different life and how nothing can, you know, there doesn't have to be an obstacle. You can change the way you look at things and the things that you look at change. That was such a huge stretch. So that when you have the shift process and you're looking for something that's in this bigger than Ben-Hur and if it's not uncomfortable it's not big enough it has to be big we need to dream like children because when we were kids we had big dreams that were almost impossible and then as we grow up we forget to be a child and dream like a kid so you have the big dreams and what's the next part of the the acronym yeah so H so H is for honing on reality those two need to be completely separate because as you're going through the dream process, the imagining process, the see the big picture process, you don't want to be encumbered by any reality. It needs to be all all big picture stuff. It needs to be all just let everything be a possibility, like brainstorming for your life. When you get to the H, the honing on reality, now, now this is where you have to take the gloves off and you have to really look at what is really happening. So I just stare myself in the mirror and say, okay, this is what you want. You, these are your challenges. We need to move through those. What are we going to do to get past this? So you need to really have a look. So if you're talking about a business, you, you know, what's happening with your business? Have, you have to have a look at your dashboard. What's happening with your analytics? Where are you bleeding? What's happening 
with the finances? Are you paying for things that you're not using anymore? So what's happening in that space? Hone in on reality. Are there things that can be done differently, cheaper, different ways? Uh, can you multitask different tasks? Can you have an employee, if they've got different skill sets, can they be doing something differently? So, you know, hone in on reality to what's happening. And that takes some time and a great deal of vulnerability and authenticity to get through that process. So that is the H, which is honing on reality. And the next letter is I. This is probably the most important is I. I is implement quick wins. This is what I discovered really quickly, very, very early in on the piece, is that night as I was staring at my giant cup of coffee going cold, I have to this date never drank any more coffee, even, even coffee flavored ice cream, even tiramisu. So I've not had any anything coffee based since that night. Because that night, I decided I wasn't going to have coffee. And so that was my implementing my quick wins. And so when I look back at changing my thought processes around moving through my mental illnesses, around implementing different behaviours, it's that giving up the coffee, that implementing the quick wins is the thing that rewired my brain to say, you know what, you can do this. You can make a quick change and you can stick to it. So that not drinking coffee was such a powerful move and the end result was giving up alcohol. So, you know, don't underestimate those tiny steps. We need that serotonin hit. We need that rewiring. We need the quick wins. So equally with your business, what can you do as a quick win right now? It has to be straight away. So what would be a quick win? Yeah. Okay. So um, so starting from a financial perspective, having a look at where you're spending money, like just sitting down and having a look, okay, this is what I'm spending money on. Is there anything here that I can do without? Is there anything here that I can, is there an application you're paying for that are you even using it? Is there another application that does the same thing? never ceases to amaze me. What happens is that we're like kids in a candy shop when we start to develop our business and we buy an app for this, an app for that, and we subscribe to this, we subscribe to that. I was working with a client last week and we found at least 12 different programs that she's either subscribing to or applications she's paying for that she is in one fashion or another not even using or she's got something else that's doing the job properly or even better. So, you know, that we saved her 300, not just under $300 just by getting rid of those applications and subscriptions. So that's a really, really quick win that you can do. Simple things like having a look at your insurance. Like what are you doing in that space? Is there some things you can move around there? They are the things that you're doing on a business level that are implementing quick wins. All it's taking is looking at a spreadsheet, having a different mindset. Okay, and the mindset is I need to cut my costs. What can I do here? How can I make a change? And it needs to be instant. So implementing quick wins will really help you change your behaviors, help you restructure your business and move in that direction. Obviously, you need to start with the overarching change. And that's why I see the big picture is where you need to come in from. And I can guarantee you saving money um, is always going to be something that's on everyone's agenda, especially right now. Okay. And what's the next part of the acronym? Oh, so that's F. So focus on the patterns. So what we notice is that, you know, we have these patterns of behaviors, these patterns, with whether it be with our business, whether it be in our personal lives, that we repeat time and time again. And they've been happening all of our lives. And, you know, for those who believe in past lives, it's probably been happening before that as well. So, and even in your family patterns as well, if you've got families that have been doing things. So my father was a hoarder. His father was a hoarder. So, you know, there's a family pattern there. You know, I could have brought a level of awareness around that earlier in on the piece and stopped that behavior before it became a pattern, before it became a habit. So, you know, lifting that level of awareness. So focusing on the patterns and that is on your personal life and your business life. And you'll see what's writ small here is writ large there. It's on a personal level and it's on a business 
slip. So I firmly believe, you know, they say, no, business is business. I think they're wrong. Business is personal. People run businesses. And so that's where we need to start with personal tools and techniques that create a life that thrives. So very much an advocate for what's happening in our personal lives and how that is actually building our business, especially for entrepreneurs, sole traders and people that live in a smaller business. And you can really see that that ripples out to what happens with their employees and how they run their businesses as well. So focus on the patterns because they've been happening forever. And yes, so that's another structure we use. And then the last one is T. And T stands for take massive action. I'm a recovering perfectionist. So for me, it's take massive imperfect action. And so that means just starting where you stand. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It does have to be done. So I've been paralyzed by not moving forward, by having the picture be too big, by me having a list of things that would need to be done first. And no, it just needs to be done. So I've found that failing forward by doing something and failing and moving forward has been better for me than having it all perfectly mapped out and learning as I go. So, you know, as long as you're doing this with the big picture in mind, so you have to start with an S. As long as you've got that framework, that umbrella to work in, then, you know, take massive imperfect action works every single time. I love it. It's really impressive. So tell me, we've talked as we've gone through it, but why is this important? What would you say is the most important aspect of this? Oh, we'll definitely implement quick wins. It, I have noticed if we don't focus on that, but I'm working with a client one-on-one, if we don't find an implementing a quick win very much straight away, they don't have as much faith in the process. And they, and again, it, it's a chemical thing. It's rewiring the brain. It's having those serotonin, those hormones kick in to support us on our journey to help us move forward. So absolutely implementing the quick wins is the most important, but each pillar stands by itself. And let me just clarify, why is the whole acronym important? Why would you say this is important to somebody who's in business? Because we need to start with the big picture. And then we can work through the details. And what I noticed is that people in business get themselves stuck in a rut. Uh, they, uh, they do the same things day in and day out. And you know, now with the online space, we're getting all these wonderful lots of information about how we can do life differently. And then we go from stuck in a rut to overwhelm. That's <laughs> so very then we go true. Compa- we, then we go through comparisonitis and start comparing ourselves to other people and what they're doing and what I'm not doing right. So if we start with the big picture, they see the you know see the big picture, then we can really get a really good gauge on what it is that we want it to do. I know I never ceases to amaze me that when we take the brakes off, because we are all amazing human beings, when we take the brakes off and we can really let ourselves dream like a child and see a really big picture, that you can then step into those dreams and you can make them become a reality. And it's that simple. And it's having a coach there to guide you through the process and keep you accountable as well. I firmly believe that everybody has the answers inside of them. They just need that that love and that attention to help guide them in the right direction. You were designed with the own answers inside of you. So basically what you're saying is that what often gets in the way is our own limiting beliefs, our perfectionism, basically comparing ourselves to other people. Those are the types of things that stop us from taking the kind of steps that we need to do here in order to get that mind shift. So we've gone through the acronym. Can you tell us a bit more about how we would develop and practice this skill? Yes. So great question. It's as simple as taking a pen and paper and start writing down the process and starting with that big picture, having yourself an opportunity to dream. Now, when you do the see the big picture, what I would suggest is that you give yourself complete time away from everything else. So I'm talking about have no distractions. So I've got clients that actually go and book in a hotel room and stay there 
for a, you know, a day, a couple of days, so that they've got the opportunity to just dream big and just let it be everything it could be. When I did the See the Big Picture for myself, it included several bottles of wine, because I was still drinking then, but an opportunity to be out of the equation of getting ready for Scott's funeral and just putting myself in a space where I could just start thinking about what I would like my life to look like. And I just kept, I kept drinking and writing what I would like my life to look like and just, kept, and it just filled page after page after page. But I had removed myself from all of the responsibilities of life, all of the responsibilities of getting ready for the funeral, everything, just so that I could just spend some time on me and what I wanted my life to look like. Because that had followed, obviously, the decision that I was going to live a different life. Okay. And what do you do next after you've done your big picture, you've, you've sat down? Obviously, this was a very traumatic and propelling event for yourself. But for somebody that may be sitting there and they've just started out on their business, they're beginning their business process, what would you recommend there? Mm. You definitely need to either do it with a coach or have time away from other interactions. What I've noticed is that a lot of business people get so busy with their business that they don't have time to think outside of the business. And so you just need to remove yourself from that. And if it's, it's just as easy as closing your laptops down and just going somewhere else, that's what it's needed. But you need that time so that you can have a look at the big picture. In your perfect world, what would, what would your business look like? In a perfect world, five years from now, what would your business look like? If, if time wasn't an issue, if resources weren't an issue, if your um, education wasn't an issue, what would it look like? And, and, and think that big, and then you can come back and then start honing in on reality. But, you, but what I find is that people dream too small, that they're, that they're boxed by what has been, they're boxed by their limiting beliefs, they're boxed by their physicalities as well. I've got this disorder, I've got this disease, I've never managed to do it till now. What makes me think I can do this moving forward? You need to take that out of the equation. Now, for those that can't do it, I suggest that you do it with a coach. So yeah. what, you're, what you're saying is that the hone in on reality can often happen to people during the actual part where they're supposed to be thinking about the big picture. So what they really need to do is try and get rid of those limiting beliefs and just dream big, very big at the very beginning, then step back and look at reality. And even then, when you're looking at the reality part of the process, you don't have to take it as the reality means it stops the dream. It just means that you're dealing with that particular reality and it has to be incorporated into the process moving forward is what I'm hearing. I perfectly, perfectly explained. So you just keep like one eye on the big picture and then you just have that level of reality around what's happening in real life. And you don't want that to take away from it. Because if you firmly made a decision, if this is what you want to do. So when I firmly made a decision, I wanted to be a person who was 25 kilos lighter. You know, there's lots of different ways to lose 25 kilos. There's not just one way. Or what's a way that's going to support me as a woman who's 53? What's going to support me as a, you know, so there's other things to have a consider of. But, you know, that's what it is honing in reality. What do we want to look at? This is what you've been doing. This is what's not been working. And then you can make a plan. And there's not always going to be one way to get somewhere. And that's why stepping back and having a look at things. And then that, again, is where a coach or mentor or someone, you know, having people in your corner where you can bounce ideas off. Because, you know, you've, you've been seeing things this way. You might not be, even though you want to have something differently, you might not be able to see around the corners. So that's where getting that quality feedback. I love it. As women, we can network. 
we can talk about things and you know that helps us get get the answers and move in the right direction would you also say that this is where we could implement a quick win so that for example if we do have a limiting belief around a particular aspect of our personality or our skill set that we could then take something that relates to it implement a quick win and get ourselves beyond that mindset to a mind shift yes absolutely so we when you're inside honing in on reality this is a great place to start having a look to see what you could implement as a quick win and that sometimes it's not going to be as obvious as you think and that's why it's great to sketch out the hone in on reality before you go to the next phase but you can definitely identify some things that you might what i do find is that clients get bogged down in oh i could do that i could do that i could do that but they're not actually hang on we're here to actually see what exactly is happening so let's just do that analytically let's have a look at what's happening with your finances let's have a look at what's happening with you physically and now we can either highlight some things that could be, but let's do the structure first and then we'll go to the next. Otherwise, what I find is at the end of honing on reality, they're actually suffering from overwhelm because the list is too the long. List of, see the big picture this big, the list of realities this big. So it's okay to highlight. Let's not go deep on that because that's the next step. So I, I like to keep them separate um, and guide them through the process because I just want to like fix things quickly. <laughs> but let's just finish the process. What I'm hearing from you is that we are also not just doing a business related aspect when we're doing this mind shift, we're doing a holistic way of looking at ourselves and our business because you brought in the aspects of, you know, the OCD and the alcoholism and other aspects of the hoarding. So it's not just looking at one part of your life and saying, that's where I'm going to do a mind shift. It involves doing a holistic aspect, you know, applying the acronym to your entire self as you go forward because after all we're taking all of us as we move forward and wanting to be successful what are your thoughts on that yes exactly because business is personal because people run businesses absolutely Faye. so yes it's absolutely about seeing the big picture there and working our way through the process it becomes apparent as you're going through the process that you can go back and redo. So even though you might have a vision of the big picture here, you, until you're sort of getting through the honing on reality and implementing the quick wins, you sometimes want to go back and say, you know what, if that is possible, oh, maybe this is possible. And you'll find that it does flux backwards and forwards, but we do need to start with an overarching view. So if I, for me, I wanted to be a professional public speaker. What does that look like? Well, it, it looks like someone who's 25 kilos lighter. It also looks like someone who isn't bound to alcohol. It also looks like someone who isn't self-harming, you know? So it, that's what it looks like. It looks like a successful person who's run a successful business. So again, starting with that big picture, what does that really look like? Yep. So could you give me an example of how you would see a lawyer applying this? So seeing the big picture, things have changed in the space of being a lawyer and it's ever evolving and ever changing. Seeing the big picture would be having a look outside. What do you want to be doing in the next five years? And can you bring your level of expertise to something that you're passionate about. So this morning I was speaking to a lawyer who is transitioning herself out of her practice and now transitioning herself into being an expert authority in domestic violence because that is the thing that she's passionate about and that's the very reason why she became a lawyer. So that's got taking her through the process of seeing the big picture is that how can she make herself an expert authority in that space and still earn the income so that she can help out 
and make a difference in that in that DV space. So what does that look like? So you know, taking her through the opportunity of crafting what your perfect life would look like, regardless of the industry that you're in. What life do you want? Well, how do you want life to look like? What do you want your personal life to look like? Where, where do you want to live? How much do you want to earn? Who do you want to be married to? What do you want to be eating? You know, what do you want? You know, begin with the end in mind. What do you want written on your tombstone? So, you know, seeing the very big picture, what sort of relationships do you want with your children and your family? They don't necessarily all fit well together. If you're a very busy person, then, you know, how do you fit in having those great relationships with family and still running a practice well does it look like you're leveraging your time by getting other people to do some things that you're currently doing does it look like using applications for doing stuff that you do the same time day in and day out does it look like outsourcing some of the things to someone who's in a different country that's got a different price point per hour like you know that as long as you've got in your heart what it is that you want to be doing we can find a way for that to happen so for example, somebody starting out who may not, at that point, it's them that is doing everything. So they are not necessarily even considering the fact that they should be looking at hiring somebody to be able to implement these things in a much more efficient and effective way so that they can, in fact, build their life that you're talking about. If you don't have that overall vision, have you haven't thought about it, if you haven't processed in your mind that that's something you can accomplish that is something that you're going for that you are talking about it that you are thinking about it if you don't do that you're going to be sitting there in a small mindset it seems to me where you're basically holding yourself back you're not taking those leaps that you need to take to expand to get to where you need to go so that seems to be part of your business pack process that you deal with people yes the business unpack so that that's what i find is the best use of people's time is to have a business unpack and giving them an opportunity to lay everything on the table because what i find regardless of the business that you're in is that we've built it a little bit here a little bit there a little bit there and it sort of looks a little bit more like frankenstein and less like the perfect vision of the business that you had in mind and it takes someone who's on the outside looking in someone who's an expert in business and also mindset to take that apart and put it back together again with you so that you can build a business that works for your life and it can in a phase sometimes it is as simple as having an aspect of your business outsourced by someone who can has does the same thing day in and day out so can do it more proficiently than you and can do it for a different price point the greatest feeling for me when I was developing my business was starting to onboard staff and knowing especially right now with the current economic climate that we're in, that you no, know, the work that I do is feeding other families. Look, it's a really, really good feeling. And you know, it doesn't have to be as big as it is. We always make things bigger than they really are. <laughs> Not always, but generally we do. Because we don't know enough about what's happening in between. Yeah. So just tell me a little bit about mind shift versus mindset. Mm, great question, Faye. You ask the best questions. So mindset infers that the mind is set, whether in fact it's not. In fact, it's a shift process. We can shift the way we think. You know, our thought processes can be affected by our emotions and you can change your emotions like that by physically doing something. You can change your emotions by turning on music and dancing. Like there's things that you can do, even if it's yawning or moving your body, there's things that we can do to get ourselves into state. So instead of looking at mindset, we look at mind shift, knowing that the mind has the ability to shift. So we don't need to be stuck in that, in that space. So yes, mind shift is about a process. It's also about a state of mind as well, knowing that you can change by changing your language. You can change by changing your thought process. You can change by moving your body. Yes, great question, Faye. And what would be the expected results if we were to do this whole process that we are working through with the acronym and having our mind shift? 
an easier life, a stressless life, uh, a life that is easier to maintain. And I'm not going to say control because it's not about that, but it definitely is about living the life of your dreams, living the life that you want to live and having someone who's taking you on that journey. Lots of clients only book a business unpack. And for them, that's enough for them to figure out exactly how it all needs to fit together, what they need to do. And then they've got a project list of what they need to do moving forward. And then they can outsource that. For other clients, they need an end-to-end -end process. And other clients might have specific challenges around maybe speaking to camera, because I know that's an area for some people that need work on. Or they might need work on, say, for instance, how to sell high-ticket items. So that's another thing that I take clients through. So Mindshift is the top of what it is I offer underneath that lie different things the things that I've just mentioned I just want to tie in one more aspect and that is appreciation you started out with appreciation and forgiveness how does that tie into all of this yeah, great question. Okay, so gratitude, and they can scientifically or research proves that gratitude changes your frequency. It changes your thought process. It changes your physical vibration. They've even proven now that praying over your food changes the frequency of the food that you're about to eat. That, in effect, makes it a good thing to do, aside from all of the other things as well. So I know for me, when I came from a place of gratitude, it made what I did have enough. It made the, the physical state that I was in okay, because I was grateful that I could do this or do that rather than thinking about what I couldn't do I started thinking about what I could do and that helped me get through that entire process so gratitude for me looks like I, I say grace first thing in the morning I give I've been grateful first thing in the morning and then I'm grateful throughout the day every time I eat and I'm grateful last thing at night so I live in a state of gratitude and it only just takes the sun shining or someone smiling for me to remind myself what I'm grateful for and living in that space of gratitude will make you makes you bulletproof makes you resilient makes you to live a, an amazing life and it makes everything enough. Thank you very much for coming on today, Charlene. It's been a real pleasure. Her Legal Global, empowering and transforming us through skills and shared wisdom. For other great episodes, follow us and be sure to check out herlegalglobal.com for a community, informative skills-based articles and to work with me, your host, Faye Gelb.